0: Welcome to Something to Talk About, where I take all this gear that I've accumulated from way, way, way too many years of podcasting, all done in Brantford, I might add, uh, and I basically put all this gear to a good cause. So this is the podcast with a cause, and the cause this time is the crossing all bridges. Now, you may have remembered this, because when we talked to Dave Levac, we actually talked a bit about this, and one of the things we said in the interview is, this would be a prime opportunity for me to reach out and invite Mr. Phil McComan. So Welcome, Phil. It's great to be here, Robert. Now, Crossing All Bridges, that is right here. That—that That is close to home as, as much as anybody else. So let's get right into that. Sure. Why? Why is it so close to home?
1: Well, I have, I'm the uh, very privileged uh, father of a 32-year-old intellectually disabled uh, son. And uh, Crossing All Bridges Learning Center is the full name of the organization, has been very instrumental in his life to... Fill the gap once he aged out of uh, edu- the formal education system, post-secondary school, or I'm sorry, secondary school, and, and obviously not eligible to go to post-secondary. But this uh, was started some 16-plus years ago now by four moms who wanted more for their intellectually disabled uh, children. And so he's uh, thrived there, grown and um it is a special place yeah and there's just add into that there's now from 16 years from starting with basically four families now we're up to over 70 so
0: yeah and and to your point he he would have had that you know the better part of his adult life that and if that wasn't there because we we brought it up when we talked with dave a a lot of them fall apart after the formal education because there's nothing there to keep them yeah, you know, the construct, for lack of a better term. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, you,
1: there's proper proper terms. Maybe you can educate me as we go along. Well, I don't know if there are proper terms because every one of them is quite individual. Yeah. Um, but, but basically, the system itself um, just basically falls. They fall off the cliff uh, when they hit that magic age of 21 in this in this situation where they have nowhere to go uh, other than just basically sitting at home, many of them in the basement of the house, uh, watching movies, their favorite movies over and over again. They have a hard time with peer groups, so they don't have a lot of people they can pick the phone up who are similar in age or friends they've grown up with. Like, you know, most kids without disabilities or or like we have three children who um, are three girls who are older than Jordan and, their lives were completely different. They had a peer group and a friendship Mm. group and all of that. And they hung out and they did the things that you do when you're growing up. But this is a very different type of life that these guys have to lead. And, um, and so, yeah, this, this was absolutely necessary. And we all talk about both, you know, in all the community about lifelong learning. Well, that's Mm, what this was all about is providing these special people with the opportunity for lifetime learning, because i've
0: seen obviously jordan you know at multiple events you know yeah. because you know he, he's a member of the community in the pure sense of the word right yeah. and i can see the smile on his face i can see the happiness and uh, you know once again the conversation back today a sense of purpose yeah. you know it's not about the paycheck you know uh, to a degree it is trust me being able mm-hmm. to pay your own way on certain things goes a very long way mm-hmm. at any age trust me right but that sense of purpose, and more importantly, that ability to continue learning and to give uh, that brain something, you know, to do, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Because as someone that that has had his brain work against him on numerous occasions, it could go very bad very quickly. Yeah. So I love when I hear stuff like this, because I've seen the outcome, and I can only imagine what, and I'll be, be specific to Jordan, but, you know, if a place like that did not exist in Brantford for Jordan. Right what would that outcome be because i've seen the man that he's become yeah. you know and i, I truly mean that oh, I, so I one of the things that you and dave uh have done together and and i want to clarify this for because this is a lot of brantford stories that weave together nicely lifelong friends
1: we have we are we, we were we grew up together in our uh, teen years we we really didn't know we grew up in different parts of the city dave in the um eagle place uh part of the city the district and I grew up in uh, the Tollgate Road North end of the city, and but where we became familiar with each other was uh, really on the on the sporting fields of Brantford because he was a pretty talented in his youth athlete, and and I was uh, I was I was as well. So we competed a lot against each other, and we knew of each other. We weren't really uh, we went to different high schools. He went to Pauline Johnson, I went to BCI, and. Uh, but we 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 met each other on the court and on the field, and so when <laughs> but the the, the, the just the mm-hmm. the next stage of that was when we graduated high school we had no idea, but we ran into each other at Wilfrid Lurie University in Waterloo, and I'm looking at him and saying, "What are you doing here?" And he's looking at me saying, "What are you doing here?" And so we had both enrolled and didn't know each other uh, and he played varsity basketball at at Laurier and I played varsity hockey so uh, we became friends through that small campus that it was in the day it was like about 18 it was like a large high school with mm. 1800 students and so we were part of the athletic really well there. And then the friendship grew beyond that.
0: Yeah. So, so the roots obviously were the city, but really it was your university years that really formed the relationship. It really did. And I could only imagine the two of you uh, not only playing sports, but probably having some uh, shenanigans to go with that. that, And you're (laughs) grinning right now, so I'm not even going to press for details. Uh, Obviously that relationship is still to this day, because one of the many things that we talked about was uh, the acquisition of what you're calling the permanent home. Yeah. So, tell me a bit about that.
1: Well, it, the the organization Crossing All Bridges uh, had been living at a lease space for their sixteen years prior, and uh, it got to the point where, first of all, they were cramped for space because they grew so rapidly, and and they've had a lot of success, and so there was this issue of of just having floor floor space to accommodate them in the rented facilities. And then there's the big issue of the, the, the cost of renting. And um, and so what we had set out as a goal uh, for the organization, a number of people involved, was to find a home of their own. And so what came along was the opportunity to purchase a um, vacant and surplus elementary school, a small one, uh, St. Bernard's on Skyacres Drive. And uh, we were able to work with the contractor that had purchased it from the school board. So he made it available to us uh, out of out of his uh, goodness and his um, philanthropic uh, ten uh, you know desires. Mm-hmm. And so here we are today uh, raising money in the community. Uh, Dave and I are co-chairing a, a, an effort to raise two and a half million dollars. To be able to purchase it and also do the basic repairs that the building needs Mm,
0: because at the end of the day you don't want them to be house poor for lack of a better term this is this is something that if done properly and from what i can tell it is is going to set them up for for the next generation and then some uh and and that is spectacular to, to hear now uh, are they bringing the business side to that location as well, or is that going to be run out of different locations, specifically the, the shredding business? Shredding business, yeah.
1: No, it's it's right there in that facility. So they, we were able to take a portion of the building uh, that, that previously was the, the a very large kindergarten room, mm. and we were able to um, uh, put the access overhead door in the back and build a little small office within the space, and uh they they started out with one shredding machine now they have two because business is going so well and they're employing 16 uh of these special individuals including my son and it's just an amazing amazingly rewarding opportunity or uh, uh, social enterprise it's really yeah. a social enterprise and, and any money that they will make uh, will go right back into building the programs within crossing all bridges so it's just it's just one of those things that's been a huge win
0: robert yeah it's as someone that um, when i moved here i was using the term social business mentor and we were using it more for the corporate side so this is uh, retooling modern business whatnot. not but it was moving to Brantford that actually introduced me to the true nature of social enterprise, you know, because the the term obviously existed before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And whenever I see a true social enterprise uh, and a modern day business gel together and and be called a social enterprise, I go, ah, that not out of pride or anything like that. It's like they exist. I'm so thrilled to see that they exist, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and to see them thrive because not only has the school, uh, grown uh, to capacity and excess capacity, but the business now. You also have a partnership with them where you host a couple events a year. Or is it just the one a year?
1: We do. We do one shredding event right. a year, a community shredding event.
0: Yeah, and once again, just getting a little bit more of that word out there because we all know marketing uh, is yes. tough uh, to get people's attention. So the more uh, you can make it available to people, it's it's a nice you know, yeah. funnel, for lack of a better term, into, a you know, a cause. At the end of the day, you know.
1: Yeah. It's you. You mentioned something at the start of our conversation here about uh this place giving people purpose Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it does it's it's the perfect word because when jordan uh, wakes up in the morning and he knows it's he's on a shift at crossing all bridges and he takes two shifts a week um he is so focused and excited and it gives him a reason to get out there and, you know, do what he can do. And, you know, the, the, the day he brought home his first paycheck, which I think was mm-hmm. something like $46. He was, he was just bursting with happiness that he, that he earned that mm-hmm. money. And, yeah. you know, you think about the, your first jobs and our first jobs when we were growing up, you know, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like the feeling of accomplishment and, and, and personal, Self worth yeah. that you get from that, and so this is putting a new dimension uh, into into a lot of these very special people's lives.
0: Yeah, and like I said, uh, I brought this up with Dave, so it's not necessarily a secret. Not that I want to, you know, publicize it much, but you know, I've I've had obviously a lot of mental issues myself in my life, and a lot of it has come down to lack of purpose or lack of passion. Yes, and one of the things I did this year because I turned fifty, so you know, you do everything when you're fifty, right? Everything changes. It's, the, it's so true. Hot <laughs> flashes. They told me about these for for women, not for men. In any case, my point being, you know, I told myself I'm just going to pick something finally. I'm going to say this is my purpose. This is my passion. I'm not going to spend 20 more years of my life struggling with that. And the second I made those decisions, as stupid as they may have turned out to be, it settled that argument. Sure, it settled that imbalance, and it gave me focus, and it gave me, you know, it removed a lot of the demons for myself, but when a lot of those same attributes play into whether or not it's millennials finding something in the modern life or, or, you know, people that, that have been in a career for 30, 40 years, looking at what am I doing after I retire from this? It always comes down to purpose and passion. Now Jordan has passion. Like you wouldn't believe, yeah. you know, he is, it's like everything else, you know, you almost make up for it in many ways. Right. Yeah. Uh, so to have that purpose and passion, yeah. trust me, I say this as a human being, I get it. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It is. It is very huge. Now, uh, this place is not cheap. Oh, you know, and now you are going to do something that you said you weren't going to do ever again. It was going to be the last one. And then the crowd started clapping and wanted an encore, right? So, hockey night in Brantford. Now, historically, I want to get into the history because I I can just do a a, a simple pass on it, but there's depth here. Okay. So, let's go back way back. Yeah. Okay. And I want to do this right. You're a goaltender yourself you've got a scholarship hockey's in your blood Yeah. tell me about phil hockey Brantford, and bring it all the way to, to today for lack of a better term
1: well not dissimilar from most canadian kids or a lot of canadian kids i grew up in the 50s and 60s and 70s playing hockey and dreaming one day of having a professional career and um so you know, worked hard, uh, played on, in those days, what were called all-star teams that represented the city, and uh, eventually, you know, ended up in junior hockey, playing junior B, and here around different communities in in this area, and uh, was able to parlay that into a scholarship in the United States for my education. So, I've got my graduate education through hockey, and um so that's kind of the quick synopsis of my history background so or my hockey history background so when um when i saw this template to do a charity game of this nature it was just an automatic this is this is too easy it's mm. it's like it fits right into my wheelhouse i love hockey you know um and so th- so so what a colleague of mine had done is 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 held a summer hockey game called it hockey night in Barry. And I had, he had invited me to play in it and I had played and he brought in a lot of the uh, NHL alumni and current NHL players uh, who were in the Barry kind of North of Barry, uh cottage country area of Muskoka where they spent their summers. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of studied it and I said, you know, we need to do this in my, in our community. And that's how it really uh, that was the genesis of it, Robert. And and, and so, uh, yeah, we we went for a six-year run. We raised and gave to charity and the community f- over $550,000 in six years. Uh, there was fatigue of the organizing committee set in. I didn't do a good job or we didn't do a good job of succession planning in terms of the people coming on to take it over uh on in terms of organizing it's a big job to organize and so we went for the gusto in our last go around and you know uh had a great uh kind of final game two years ago and then because of this this um this cause now to raise two and 2.5 million dollars dave and i were sitting down over christmas and saying you know what event could we pull off in 2019 that could generate a six figure um, net profit or net amount that we could give to charity and would it be possible to give that to crossing all bridges for their campaign so that's how we conceived it and um and so we got approval or at least i needed to get approval from the ottawa ethics commissioner Mm -hmm. that i could do something like this because there is a direct connection with my son obviously and i I went through uh, the ethics commissioner in Ottawa to make sure there wasn't any conflicts and uh, got a a green light from them. And so here we are today and we're going to call it or we have called it the Encore Game. And um, so it's a it's a game that will feature some some of the best talent in the Brantford area, both currently playing professional hockey and also up-and-comers, you know, the the kind of the people who are our captains and stars Mm -hmm. in the past are coming back. So that's Adam Henrique from Burford, Zach Dalby from Paris, Ontario, and Brandon Montour from Six Nations. And um, uh, we've got Hunter Jones now who's just been drafted. He's played goal in past years. He's going to come back and play goal. Uh, provided that he doesn't have to be at training camp somewhere. And we've also have uh, some elite uh, women players, females players who are playing at the highest levels. We've had uh, in the past games, we've had two Olympians uh, who've played on Canada's Olympic team, uh, the women's Olympic team. So it attracts a really high level of talent. And uh, we have a lot of fun. Kind of, we, we condense it to two periods of hockey. Uh, the the second period becomes very competitive. <laughs> they they uh, are who they are. They're, right? they're, the ju- the competitive juices start to <laughs> yeah. flow, and the last ten minutes they they play pretty hard to to you know just for the the rights to say that they beat the other guys and or the other team, and and so it's become uh, it's become a really really fun event, and the community has supported it tremendously, and that's uh, you know witnessing that that support is is how we raised, uh, you know, over half a million dollars in yeah. the six years we've done it previously.
0: Well, and also, you know, this is a hockey city in more ways than one. Uh, speaking of which, uh, assuming he's healthy and whatnot, Walter will probably do a puck drop would be my guess, or has traditionally in the past would be. Yeah, he's,
1: he's always been there. We've always asked him to be part of the opening ceremonies of dropping the puck, and then he's usually behind the bench with uh, a couple of other coaches. Uh, but the, the other little... Uh, um, antidote here is that Walter Gretzky was my coach (laughs) in junior B hockey when I was 16 years old. And Wayne uh, Gretzky at the time was an 11 year old stick boy for that team. (laughs) And so, uh, I remind Wayne when I talk to him and I've, and I do, uh, have a relationship with Wayne where we, we chat and, um, (laughs) and we always laugh about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, chuckle and, and, uh, reminisce about, uh, those days of him growing up. But yeah, Walter, uh, goes back in and, and, uh, I typically never use his first name. I just call him coach.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, he is an, such an icon in this city and you know, I'm ambassador and I've been fortunate to have interviewed him, which, you know, it's one of those highlights of my career. I truly mean that. And it was episode 99, which was even better. <laughs> right. And, I've always said this, uh, and, I, and I don't know who coined him, who knows, I might have, but, you know, uh, Way may be the great one, but Walter is so the grateful one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, maybe on that note, Walter, because honestly, I'd love to know Walter then and now. Well, you, you, you have that gap yeah. because I, I don't have that.
1: Yeah, Walter was a very intense man in his, uh, you know, in his midlife mm-hmm. and um, smoked like a chimney. <laughs> Uh, they both did. And uh and was very intense and very um introverted in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um and then after his aneurysm, uh it was just uh a, a total uh new Walter mm-hmm. that emerged and he became much he became an extrovert mm-hmm. and he uh lost a, a section of it was a memory good years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of his life. Um and he is here. Here's how I usually describe our community when I'm giving, I get the opportunity to weave it into please do. comments and speeches is, is I think Brantford and Brant are a, one of the most shining, wonderful qualities of our culture is a healthy humility. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it is about um, just as you just showed me <laughs> on your tattoo, staying humble. It is, and if there's one family that epitomizes that, it's the Gretzky family. And I can tell you, I've been recently in the last several months with Wayne at two events, and he's given speeches, and 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 the in the aftermath of the speeches. I'm listening to people in the hallway as they exit and they leave and they are commenting back and forth, uh, saying, can you believe the humility? Mm-hmm. And so this is an exceptional, exceptional family, all, all the kids, the parents, and it epitomizes really what Brantford, the the really wonderful culture of our city is based upon because people came here turn of the century immigrated and worked blue collar jobs in factories. And generally the next generation did the same thing. They followed in the parents' footsteps. And we have this, this wonderful sense about not thinking we are the greatest or that, that we've got to, you know, go out and pound our chests about who we are. Mm. And, uh, and you see that through and through in the community. And it's not just the Gretzky's I use Hmm. set them as, as they are an embodiment that is known. Yeah. But it's, it's everywhere. You, you, you get a sense of it just about in every social circle in this community. I mean, there are exceptions, but, but for the most part, uh, the general feeling in this city is very, very different than a lot of other cities of this size and this nature. Yeah. When I
0: moved here from Toronto and I sometimes forget the rob of 10 years ago and, you know, you, you just saw the car. So, mm-hmm. you know, a different, completely different person. But Brantford changed me in so many different ways. Not all good. You know, there's a lot of bits that, that I really heard. But for the most part, I look at the last 10 years and the conversations that I've had, you know, and I, I can't understate you know, when you've had two, 300 of these interviews with local residents, the story weaves, the patterns emerge, all these things. And there's one thing I've seen time and time and through. For someone that came here um, touting social business back to what we were saying, there is a lot of charity. There is a lot of giving, you know, uh, there's just a lot of good down to earth, you know, how many places in the world, you know, and I'm going to be You know, tattoo. How many places in the world could I have an MP, an MPP, a speaker of a house, a thirteen-time world championship, uh, a a world stilt record holder, uh, Randy Pappel, Band-Aid, the clown, all in my basement on an ask? Yeah. Okay. Regardless of politics, regardless of patterns or whatnot, it was a yes. Sure. You know, the amount of people that have said no to me in the last ten years for a good chat is is a handful. Yeah. And I think every one of those conversations for the most part have a common theme, which is the Brantford vibe, you know, and yeah. I, I have a love hate relationship. Trust me. We sure. all, I think to a degree have, Sure. but I cannot be more grateful for some of the things that this city has given me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of that is the Walter story. You know, when I first bumped into him, I told him, I said, like, I don't know what you were before. I generally don't. I'm not from here. I, you know, but I pretty much know who you are now. And I'll be honest, I'm grateful that I've got to see that for the last 10 years, if you know what I mean. Um, But yeah, it's, there's something to be said. And I think when you look at the names that you brought up, like, you know, Zach, you know, and whatnot, they're probably all fairly humble, like, you know, like, they're Burford native, Paris native, you know, Six Nations, there's certain salt of the earth type something about that location and a lot of people will say it's the Grand River to a degree <laughs> you know there is something about the water now I'm not talking about what's coming from Cambridge you know but there's there's something about this area like the first thing I did when I moved here no word of why, and I know I strained from a thing here is that I took off my shoes and I stepped in my backyard and I had grass in my feet for the first time in 20 years yeah you know yeah. the trails around here are just spectacular yeah. so you know when we hear about um, sports in this area this is a spectacular training ground in more ways than one. And I know Walter jokes about the fact that he built the rink out of self-sustainment because he didn't want to be cold, (laughs) you know, but there is that basic, if I want to get up and run, I get up and I can run.
1: Yeah. 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 Listen, we were born with those great, great um, values of working hard, overcoming adversity Mm. and excelling, you know, doing the best, with your God-given gifts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was kind of the basic um, core values that we grew up with, that the community grew up with, and many in the community. And, of course, many went on to great success. Mm-hmm. And their their success never went to their heads. They yeah. were always, you know, back here in Brantford, and you'd see them, and they'd be as, as open and welcoming uh, when they came back, like, like, I'll give you another example. Now, A up. wonderful, wonderful man uh, who I played hockey with and made it to the NHL and has like six uh, uh, Stanley Cup what rings. Talking, yeah. I'm talking about Doug Jarvis. Okay. And Doug uh, is my age, you know, 65. And and he, and Doug and I, Doug came back and played in hockey, one of the, the second hockey night Brantford game. And, and I'm telling you, the, the kind of real character that's inside of him just exuded that night and mm. people recognized it and what a fine, fine man he is. And here he had, you know, all of this fame with the Montreal Canadiens through the years. and 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 then he's still even coaching to this day in the NHL or he's assisting in the coaching team out in Vancouver. He was in Boston for many years. I went down and we saw him there for a couple of times. But this is the kind of, uh, this is the kind of stock that comes out of Brantford. Mm-hmm. And, and there's many others, uh, you know, uh, that I can go on to talk about that I grew up with. So maybe Dave Levac does have a point, could be the water, but mm-hmm. I like to think it's more the, the kind of values we were we were raised with yeah and uh and many and many individuals went on to great fame but again never never uh let that let that overcome their their sense of thankfulness and gratefulness
0: yeah i'll be honest when when i moved here versus what i am now to a degree uh, this tattoo was not on my arm 10 years ago so that should tell you something right yeah. there I did not have the benefits, for lack of a better term, of growing up here. I don't have all the backstories and all the yeah. relationships, uh, but, but I genuinely feel like I've skimmed that, that, that secret sauce to a degree and tried to imbue some of it because um, I could not see myself going back. You know, Brantford has had that impact on me.